Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to Let's Talk Marriage, where we speak truth through transparency. <laughs> uh, you can like and share and comment. Uh, That's about it. Yeah. Um, another thing, <laughs> um, today's topic, we we're definitely talking about narcissism. narcissism. Mm -hmm. uh, gaslighting. Right. Um, I, I think that's a big thing in our marriage that goes on today. Gaslighting and narcissism. Uh, people don't know the real definition or understanding, but we have a knowledgeable person sitting right next to me that can <laughs> give us all the information that we need about it. One that I can say that when you are, when a person are gaslighting, they are, they are really throwing a rock and hot in their hand, as I should say. <clears throat> well, yeah. I, uh, I had to wave my son off. He's he's here today, but our girls are gone. So talk about transparency. What do you want, son? Do you want to come on the show? My wife <laughs> Let me tell you, kids will come out and do, and I asked him today, I said, do you want to be on the show? We could do something with kids. He's like, no, I want to play my game. Guess what happens? My husband has the house. The whole house shuts down at eight o'clock. So it's eight o'clock and guess who comes out? My son. Um, my Wi-Fi shut off. So we just have to get him settled. If not, he'll be back and forth in this video, jumping around like a jumping bean saying, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. So, but today, um, don't come across this video, son. <laughs> Put your shirt on uh, and daddy's gonna turn your Wi-Fi on, okay? I am really live right now. So we've been having a lot of like different technical difficulties and all sorts of things that, hey guys, that has, um, I'm telling you that has happened within the, the past week, but we figured it out. Uh, sometimes for me, I need to know the why in order to be able to do uh, everything else. So once I know the why, then everything else just starts to make sense. So when it's just me and him, the audio is perfect. But when we start adding other people in, we actually need headsets. So the audio doesn't come back and forth uh, crazy. So we had to learn that last week. Or maybe I had to learn it the hard way because I, I wasn't listening. Um, I just thought that it could just, oh my gosh. But we're learning and as we continue uh, with this, these types of programs, we'll get better and better and better and better and better. And then before long, you guys will be like, oh my gosh, their show is absolutely amazing. If you're not already saying that now. So like my husband said, don't forget to comment, like, and share. And I'm going to yell out to my son, Israel, the Wi-Fi is back on for you. Okay. He shuts everything down. I'm telling you. Even the and PS4? Even the PS4. You can play with your PS4. So if we had to get him settled. The girls are off at a party and they're having a good time. So that is, uh, <laughs> that's some real stuff for you. So we, we do this. We're trying to be as transparent as we can. We have kids, they're in the house and uh, they try to be as quiet as they can. Uh, because for one hour to tell the kids to be quiet and our house is usually so loud, that is uh, that's unheard of, but they do really good. And I'm super proud of them yeah. for doing it. So I can't even get mad about no, that. No. So, um, so we wanted to talk about gaslighting and, um, gaslighting is 
So I, I deal in the field of uh, mental health. And so I'm constantly working with people uh, because narcissism is considered a personality disorder. Sometimes uh, people don't know that they are narcissistic. So we have three different types of ways a person can gaslight or, uh, or maybe I should just say what narcissism is. So it's a person who is pretty much absorbed with themselves. They can't see that they are doing anything wrong and they lack empathy. So whereas if he hurts himself, like they can learn empathy, but it's not real. No. They can learn it, but it's, it's, not, it's not really real. Sometimes people can, uh, they can be changed, uh, but it takes a lot of therapeutic work. It takes a lot of work. It's not something that can just be done overnight. So some people are in these relationships with people that have narcissistic traits, but are not full-blown narcissistic. Correct. You know what I mean? I understand what you're saying. So we all have the traits of it. Like we all, we can all be a little self-centered sometimes. Yeah. We can all want things, you know, for ourselves. That's uh, uh, uh that's a little narcissistic. You know, people will say, oh, they want things done this way. They want things done that, that way. Uh, the DSM-5, which all um, mental health workers, they actually have to go off the DSM-5. And the DSM-5 tells you the diagnosis and how to treat um, these particular types of people. But when people throw out words and things like that, that bothers me because it's not the correct way to talk about uh, this particular, because it's a per, it's a it's a disorder. If you've ever met a true narcissistic person, you wouldn't want to be around them. Yeah. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, usually a person with narcissism is they're usually doctors because they like to play God. Uh, they usually like lawyers and things like that because they can control their atmosphere. Okay. So, with that being said, do you have anything to say before I go into gaslighting? Well, to me, that sounds like the beginning of relationships. Oh, I thought you was going to say that sound like me. <laughs> I was oh, going to say, no, I'm, what no, was you no, talking no, about? No. Do you think I'm... You know, I, I think in the beginning of relationship, uh, <laughs> people would hide these traits um, to try to, uh, you know, lure a person, person into their life. And, oh, they're good at that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. eventually, they let piece of them out little by little. And once they think they got you, they go full blood on you. Oh, yeah. This is good because you're going all the way into um, um, what I was going into. My God, you doing, you, you're going too far. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm slow down. Uh, Don't do that. Don't play with me. <laughs> so what is gaslighting? So I have something here. I'm going to read it. Gaslighting is a form of psychological and emotional abuse that causes victims to question their reality and their judgment, their self, uh, their self perception, and in extreme circumstances, their sanity. So what does that look like? What does that look like? So when you have to constantly question, are you going crazy or not? Because this person has is doing these things. Sometimes what happens is, is that you'll be isolated from your friends and from your family, they'll they'll isolate you. But that's not even the kicker of how 
a narcissist, a, a narcissistic person operates. And what you said about them luring you into their world, they'll make it seem uh, amazing. And then once they have you, they hit you with, and this is where domestic violence and all those things take place. As you can see, I'm being very careful with my words because, um, uh, because I have to. Yeah. I have to be very careful because I still work in the mental health field and I need to be very careful with what I say and how I say things because y'all not going to catch me up. Because um, even at work, I notice um, a lot of traits of that. You know, being married to my wife, going, going through all these classes, she teach me a lot. I just listen. But <laughs> as I go to work, I begin to notice a lot of traits of this narcissistic. narcissistic. <laughs> <laughs> Where people are having these traits and behavior and want to have control. Mm -hmm. You know, as I notice, you know, for people that it's not that way, they are very ongoing. They are very kind. They are they're pure hearted. But those people that's not that have that that trait, it's like it's phony. So I'm going to talk about it in the professional setting. So there are three uh, different types of different kinds of um, ways that you can be put into this um, this little circle of uh, of of deceit. I'll, I'll use that word. So you can be in a professional, um, in a professional uh, way of, uh, of gaslighting. You could be in a, a romantic relationship. And of course it can happen with friends and family. So as we're going, I'm reading my notes and things like that. So it's all, he's moving a lot faster <laughs> than, uh, than I have it here in my notes, but in a professional setting, stop smiling at me like that. In a, in a professional setting, there are different um, there are different ways that you can become gaslit, so or you can become the victim, and these are those ways. And it says that you become the subject of baseless gossip. You are persistently discredited. Some of you that are working, you know this all too well. Yes. You are expected to read the gaslighter's mind. Correct. You are treated hypocritically. And you are often the scapegoat. So what does this mean? So the scapegoat, when you're in the workplace, conflict arises. So gaslighting can be used to scapegoat an employee, a manager, or a client as the sole source of the problem. Have you guys ever been into this situation before? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So a superior, they may report that an employee as being insubordinate but what happens is they will never acknowledge their own role in undermining or lying about the employee now this is how you're being gaslit in a workplace environment I experience this that. is why i don't work for people yes. because there's another way also you are treated hypocritically so this is the most infuriating worst place or worst position to be in. And I've been in this position more than once and you have too. And we're going to talk about that. Yes. Mine is, is when I'm in the, when I was in the workplace, um, my superior may set a rule, mm -hmm. but they are not living up to that rule themselves. Right. Or they will allow someone else to be able to yell and scream. And if I, and they'll, they'll call it passionate. But if I 
uh, were to uh, speak in that same manner without cursing or anything and being respectful, just raising my voice just an octave or two. I'm being told that I'm being insubordinate and I'll mm -hmm. be written up for doing that. Right. I can't show that same level of passion about what it is that I'm doing. So these are how people can gaslight you. And sometimes I don't even think that they know that they're doing it. But you've had these experiences at your job. You work for the county. No, yeah. you work for the state. Yes. No, the county. You work yeah. for the county. No. I mean, beyond with you, a lot of them, they, I believe a lot of them, do, they do know what they're doing. I ain't gonna act like they do. They don't know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing because they become aware when other people come to them and say, hey, you know, you, that's wrong with what you're doing. And they brush it all like nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Or they continue on the day as if they never did anything wrong. You know, I had one supervisor um, literally call my phone, talk to me any kind of way. And I'm like, are you serious? Mm. And I had to let her know, do not call my phone ever again, especially at that time of night. But no foolishness like that. If it ain't about work, don't want to talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. You know, then, you know, they get they get in this, uh, this way where they want to control your life mm -hmm. as if they are the master of your life. Oh, no, they had the wrong young black man because I don't like people to control my life, especially when I'm at work. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to really put my foot down and had to remove myself from the situation that so I can't control my destiny, not somebody else controlling my destiny. They gave, they went so far where they went, even went off to mess up my evaluation mm -hmm. so they could let me know that they have the power, not realizing that don't matter, that don't make me. Absolutely. And so yeah, even with reading uh, here, one of the things is, is that you become the subject of baseless gossip. Yeah. So what happens is the gaslighting manager or co-worker may attempt to tarnish your reputation through gossip, perhaps more easily to pin certain mistakes on you. And that's what the person was doing. Yeah. 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 So we have to be very, very clear. Sometimes when... Um, when you walk with certain authority and you have people that are there and they and you get hired by uh, someone that's over them and they they feel threatened when you come in, especially if you know your stuff, you know what you're doing. Uh, I, you know, I had that issue in not every setting, only in one particular setting that I was in. I know my laws. I know the rules. Mm -hmm. And I walk with authority. Everything that I did, even my clients, they all loved me at this place. And they hated the person who was over me. Yeah. But I didn't have the licenses. I didn't have certain knowledge of certain things. Now that I do, I understood why she didn't uh, care for me too much. Correct. Uh, but I understand business now. Mm -hmm. And I understand relationships. So even though she may not have liked... Uh, liked me in that setting she has learned to come to respect me now yeah because there are things that they need uh you know in this uh you know this world that we're in that i have to be called and i even have to call them for certain services that they offer and mm. she still has to see me and i don't even work for them anymore right so it's um it's very imperative that you just know who you are and these jobs sometimes we get these jobs and we work these places and they they are uh, treating us so miserably 
that you got to know that, you know, you got to get, get you something else if you can, if they're not treating you the way that you know you deserve to be treated. Does because, that make sense? Yeah, because I believe some people use, they see you, they will use you as an opportunity to get promoted. You know, that would happen to me. You know, they use me as a, a, a stepping stool, as promotion. Mm -hmm. No matter how much knowledge or how kind I am or respectful I am, they saw the opportunity to use um, a gaslighting format to promote themselves. You know, so then, like I said, you keep going ahead. It's like you're, I don't know if you, are you reading my notes? No, I'm not reading notes. <laughs> I don't got my glasses on. Oh, man. <laughs> so one of the other things here is, is that you are persistently discredited. So the ultimate goal of a gaslighter is to rob you of credibility in your own mind, as well as in the minds of others. They will discredit you. They will discredit you. When I uh, first came into uh, into this this field, I had several colleagues to call me. Some that I haven't heard or spoken to in in years, but they were all uh, all of them were white, mm -hmm. and uh, they these were people that I had worked under in, in my externship and in my uh, my internship, and they all called me. And I remember telling you, I was like. Why are they calling me now? They were trying to discredit me in the field. And I literally had to call the state and make sure that all my stuff was working. Remember that? Yeah, I remember. That everything was, was, that I was on point doing what I was supposed to do because they could have gotten me, my license thrown out before I even got the license. You know, pe people use their hatred or their jealousy to um, block you from your uh, next step of life. The journey of life uh, people are jealous before they even know you uh, even if they do know you they become jealous because you're moving faster than they thought they then they thought you should be moving yeah absolutely and then by you being who you are they feel like you should have been working on somebody for the rest of your life mm, mm. not me not i said the cheese i refuse and I'm not going to never say never because you never know what could happen. You know, I may have to one day, but I am saying within my everything that I don't ever want to. And as he said so eloquently before that he, you, you want to be a what? Stay at home what? Stay at home dad. That he's going to be a stay at home dad. Why so, not? So it's not going to, it's not going to work. <laughs> Let's see here. We have a question, I believe. Parallel the gaslighters within a marriage and it's uh, subtle traits of the beholder. Uh, Carrie, Mr. Carrie, are you uh, reading my notes too? Because the next thing, because I said, I think I don't think you were on. There are three types of, um, of scenarios that the gaslighters are in. So the next one is the romantic partners. Carrie, stay off my, um, off my notes. Stay off my notes. I'm on there. I'm on there. So in the romantic partner sector, it is you are blatantly lied to your partner is unfaithful you are pressured into isolation remember we talked about isolation yeah we we talked about that first yes uh you are bullied or intimidated mm -hmm. and you are accused of malicious intent yes so one of the things that um so it, it's it's in a i have it in a weird order but the Number one thing that a narcissistic person will do or someone that is gaslighting you, the first thing that they need to do 
is to pressure you into isolation. Yeah. Why do they need to do that? Go ahead, babe. Um, well, since I work in um, the department I work in, what I'm looking at a lot of the cases and dealing with a lot of the people kind of find out they do that to change their mind or to manipulate the mind of the holder. If I hold you in my grasp, I can change who you are, what you are, and you become what I want you to be. Because I'm, I want to have control of everything in my grasp. And what I discover, and it can be a very dangerous thing, when they do do that, if it don't go the way they want it to go, they destroy everything around them. As mm -hmm. in to the point where they even, sad to say, kill them. Um, or abuse them or um, abuse the kids. Uh, they will do things to force the person they have forced into isolation to form who they are, what, what, want them to be. So one of the things here is, is that isolating makes, isolating you makes control of you easier, preventing the opportunity for you to gain needed perspective. When you have friends and family around you, like when I do therapy, I always ask, who is your support system? Who do you have supporting you? Who who do you who can you call on right now if you needed help? When I work with domestic violence, um, uh, women who are, are a product of domestic violence, then even men, because don't ever think that men are not being abused by women uh, as well. But when I work with people who are um, victims of domestic violence, what the first thing I always ask them is, do you have a support system? I never ask them to leave. And I'm going to share this with you all uh, from the bottom of my heart. Never try to force them to leave. Never say that they're stupid. Never say that they're this. Never say that they're that. The reason being is because, let's say, and God forbid, because if he ever put his hands on me, I'm out. You, you, look at, let me see. You see these hands? I would, look at it. You better put these hands. Don't put these hands on me. Put them down. Just put them down. Put them down. If I put my hand on her, it's like this here, y'all, okay? Oh, to, love to love her, okay? So when a man, um, or like I said, or a woman, if they're in, if they're in, let's say they're in, uh, I was giving the example of you. If we're in this relationship, well, I, as, as we are married, I'm stuttering a little bit because I want to be careful. Um, we have children. We have three children together. Um, He's been supporting us uh, for all these years. I just recently started working because I was in school and all these things, right? Before all of that, I it was just me and him, and he was working sole provider of this family. And let's say he was abusing me. I couldn't just jump out of the relationship. I couldn't just jump out. The reason I couldn't just jump out is because we have children. My children, they, they wouldn't have known because sometimes these narcissistic, narcissistic people, what they do is, is that they appeal to the children in such a way they can be good family men. They could be good to the outside. Nobody will ever know. The main thing is to isolate and to control the person that they're with or the one that they want to control. So what they do is also... Uh, the woman, she, she or he can't just jump out of the relationship because financially, how is that? How is he or she going to be able to live if they don't have an education? Right. At that time, I, I would always worry like, oh, my gosh, if something was to happen to him, 
I don't, you know, I don't have any schooling. I don't have any background. I don't have anything. I have my resources. I can work, but I never wanted to just work for, and nothing's wrong with McDonald's, Walmart, or anything like that. But I never wanted to work for any of those places. So I said to him, I said, you know, I'm already doing social work. Can I go to school? It went a little further than I even thought because I never imagined that I would be in the position that I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. But most people rely on the finances of their spouse because their children need them. So they don't just walk away from the relationship. So stop telling people that they're stupid, that they're dumb for staying, that they're all these things because that is incorrect. There are reasons why people do the things that they do. And if you cannot, and I'm going to say this very clear, if you cannot offer them a place to stay or helping them to get to where they need to be, you need to shut your mouth because you don't know what that person is going through. Please be very careful when you're talking to someone who is um, the victim of domestic violence. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, see, um, that's why in our relationship, uh, we... The most tragic thing we had in our relationship that actually happened was I had to go into the hospital. Mm. And when I went into the hospital, my biggest fear was if something should happen to me, what gonna happen to my family? Because yeah. I was the sole provider. Um, I was I was always working, I'm making yeah. sure that everything was taken care of. So one thing that we had to discuss, say, hey, if something should happen, we, we need to make sure that you're right. Yeah. So we we made sure together that she went to school, mm -hmm. do everything that she needed to do to get what she needed to get. That's so we won't fail each other. Because if something should happen to me, can she survive? That's my biggest, biggest thing. Mm -hmm. If, God forbid, something ever happened to our relationship and dissolve, it would not, she could, she could still provide for herself. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I'm always worrying about tomorrow when it comes out of our family. Yeah. You know, and some people that is narcissism don't worry about tomorrow they mm -hmm. want what they want now yeah yeah they want the control now and this brings me to one of my first bullets here is that you are blatantly lied to telling outright outright lies and simply denying a partner's experience is one form of gaslighting they will always lie i'm going to explain why this can include denying a behavior despite clear evidence or distorting the truth to make the victim uh, look bad to outsiders. I'm going to give an example. So you can, you can, the person can be caught cheating. Let's just take cheating. For example, they're caught cheating. And then they'll say, because remember I said that they'll make, it's they're nice to everybody on the outside, like everybody else loves them, right? And then the woman will say, I caught him cheating. I, I caught you dead to rights. The family members, especially his, will say, why would he do that? He's a family man. All he talks about is his wife. All he talks about, or all she talks about is this. And all she talks about is that. I. Why would they just lie about that? You're crazy. And it brings me back to the first, the very first point that I made when it talks about what a gaslighter is, they will make you question your own sanity. Yeah. So you'll start to think, well, did I really catch them cheating? Yeah. They make themselves seem as if they're the victim. At, oh, here we go. Now, a gaslighter may also lie about creating 
lie by creating a sad story to garner sympathy and divert a partner's anger, distress, distress, or um, or suspicions. Oh, I, oh, I got a good example. Uh oh. Uh oh. Okay. Watch okay. this. I cheat on my wife, right? <laughs> I, I didn't you do did. it. I didn't do it. <laughs> okay, she caught me red-handed. <laughs> And I said, well, dear, it's because you stopped loving me. Mm -hmm. um, you stopped caring for me. You, you stopped doing for me. You remember when I said, ask you all the time, <laughs> and you, you stop. You don't do for me like you used to. Now you're feeling guilty. You know? uh -huh. Is it now, baby? And you know, we'll work on it. You don't got to do it no more. Mm. Now I'm paying the victim. Mm. Even though I'm the guilty party. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people that do it every day. Yeah. So uh, Jennifer Roundtree says here, they will victimize, then play the victim. This is how you always say, they throw the rock, then hide their hand. This is absolutely true. Uh, you gotta be very careful of these people. The red flags are there, yeah, but they are very, very manipulative in such a way. They could be, these types of people are very, very they're beautiful people. They're crafty. They're beautiful people, they're crafty. They have, they'll have all the qualities or all the qualifications. They'll check every box. But then it's that one red flag that they will show you. They'll show it to you, but you will overlook it because they do all these other things. Mm -hmm. But it's manipulation and control. I always ask people, if you can't get out of the relationship, if, if you were to leave right now, would you be able to take care of yourself? Do you need this person to, to sustain you? And if the answer is yes, and you're, you're crying and you're hurting and all these, and you can't see a way out and you have to ask them for money, you have to ask for this, you can't do, that's, that's gaslighting and a yeah. form of uh, narcissistic behavior. Yeah. Now, remember, now there are personality disorders. Mm -hmm. Narcissistic people usually do not, uh, want to know it's hard to tell them that they are behaving this way right. this is not something that they want to hear but those that are getting help this is something that is it's their personality it's not something that can easily change so they have to be in therapy constantly to try and get this help this is a disorder okay you understand, I understand. so people need help so um anybody have any questions before i continue on Carrie said that they're professional manipulators. Well, you, you do have people out there that is actually professional narcissists. 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 Well, we got to we have to put it in the correct term. Like you have, so you were saying there are people out there who are professional uh, uh, narcissistic people. I guess you could say it that way. Yes. Or, yes. That. Narcissist. There you go. You got or professional narcissist. You said it. You said it. <laughs> I, um, this word is getting on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they are um they go around destroying life to build their life. Um, you know, most people that I hate to say in political world, they act like that as well. Yeah, you you know, um the reason I brought this up is because there are so many people that are in these relationships and they take it lightly. They're living miserable lives. Uh, and they're not, um, they're not paying attention to these red flags because they want to be in a relationship. They want to just be with somebody. But uh, then, you know, because we're from the church world, we hear them say, oh, well, God can fix it. God can do it. 
if this is a part of their personality, God can fix these things. But if people don't want the help, they're not going to change. Well, I know some people, um, well, they probably know the person how that type of trait, but feel that they can change who the person are. The science is always is there. They can see the signs. They know exactly how the person is, but they feel like they could change who the person is to what they think could be better. And you always say what? You can't what? You cannot change nobody but yourself. You can't change anybody but you yourself. You cannot control nobody but yourself. And this my, is something that you, he preaches this to our children. They're young. And he says this to them all the time. You cannot change anybody but yourself. Uh, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I see this question here. How do you stay in a situation and keep your sanity? Um, Jennifer, I don't know what to say to you to that, but I am going to say this. You cannot change anybody but yourself. Change doesn't change until you change. Correct. If you want the help, if you know that you're in a situation that is not conducive to the way that you want to live, I can't tell you to get out because I don't know your situation. But if you need help, seek the help that you need. They have so many different shelters and things like that around here. Or try to put yourself in a better position to be able to get out if that's your heart desire. Right. I can't tell you to leave because I don't know your situation. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know who you are. But if you are in a situation that is not conducive to what you want to be in, change only changes when you change. You know, when I think about um, moving on in life, it's like a young man living with his parents, living on their roof. If you want to change, you will have to prepare yourself to go for a move. You got to save money up. You got to look for a place. Begin to change your mindset for a change. But you cannot change your mind. You cannot do any changes until you change your own mindset yourself. Uh, I like I like that because one of the things, uh, because sometimes people are not ready to move on or get out of those relationships. So what I usually do is ask, um, depending on the conversation of when we're in those sessions, why do you think you're here? What is it that's in you that's causing you to say or to think that you deserve this? Why do you think you deserve it? Sometimes people feel that because what they did in their past, they deserve to go through what they're going through today. Say that again. Sometimes people feel because what they've been through in their past or did in their past, they deserve what they get today. You think, wait. Sometimes I believe people go through agony and pain today. Because they feel that's the retribution for what they did. Oh, they feel. I thought yes. you said that that's no, like, no, like, no, that's no, a no, karma. No. The like, victim <clears throat> feels that what they deserve because it, they believe it's retribution for what they did years ago or in their past. So one of the things that I do know is that the Bible says, and uh, Carrie, if you're still on here, you can help me uh, to quote this or uh, the people that are you know here that have their Bibles open mm -hmm. uh, that. God forgives and he forgives you for your past sins. I am here. I am uh, I am a sinner saved by grace. I I know that uh God has uh forgiven me right. for the things that I've done. I've done some shady 
things. I shouldn't even be here alive today being able to speak to you guys. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have a husband and I should not have children, but I do. And I know that it's by the grace of God and my grandmother's prayers and the people that have prayed for me that I am here today, that I am even able to articulate the way that I am, right? right. So if the Bible says that uh, that he will forgive you and and if you if you forgive yourself, ah, that's the main thing. Then, if because if you're if you're holding on to those things that you've done in the past, that means you haven't forgiven yourself. Correct. You haven't confessed to yourself about your own sins. Sometimes we hold on to our sins so long to it actually damage our future, and we don't realize that we are holding on to something that everybody else had let go. We have forgotten and forgotten, even forgave you. But you hold on to it so long till you play the image in your head over, over and over again until you form a personality of saying, I deserve to go through this. Um, you know, uh, Adrian uh, Cadillac Bell here. That's actually a really nice name. <laughs> it said uh, he or she says here, uh, why would you stay in a situation at the rush of your sanity? I don't know what that part means. Um is it worth that? Ask yourself that first. This is an honest question. Now, why would you stay in a situation at the rush of your sanity? So sometimes um, I'm, I, I guess I don't know if I'm answering um, this question right, but I'm going to say this. Uh, sometimes people don't even know that they're losing their mind. They think that it's normal. You know, people get sometimes. Uh, no, I'm going to put it away. In life. Certain things in some certain people's life is normalized. You know, when you grow up in an abusive home, that's normal for them. So they end up putting themselves in another position where, as an adult, they live in an abusive relationship because it is normal for them. Um, a person that grew up with a mother and father, it's normal to have, you know, a balanced life. Mm -hmm. A child that did not grow up with a mother and father, that's grow either with a mother or a father they think it's balanced to be separate, you know, or separated from life. So normalizing is different to certain people. Okay. So I'm going to go back to Adrian's uh, uh, question. It says, why would you stay in the situation at the risk of your sanity? At the risk. Now I, I'm like at the rush. I'm like, what, is, what was that? Okay. I'm glad you guys put at the risk. Now, uh, we went in, into the beginning. It's a form of mind control. Everybody does not think the way that you think. Every woman is mm -hmm. not the same. Every man isn't the same. I see men that are manipulated. I see women that are manipulated all the time. I see people that manipulate people. Mm -hmm. uh, and they always... So they did a study. We, we had to do this in class, I remember. And they did this study where they took this woman who was in a traumatic, abusive relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And then there were a bunch of men, some men who were abusers and some men who were not. Now, um, studies, the way that the study was designed was to see who this woman or who this man, who, who would draw to each other. They turned the light off and you can see the heat sensors, right? These women and these men automatically the the women who were abused and the men who were abusers they always drew to each other like madness like madness why was that why why was that misery recognized misery this is 
Well, I want to be careful of our words. I'm not going to call it misery. Sometimes, and you were alluding to it, where we talk about how you see things growing up and then you mimic those behaviors. Normalize it. So you normalize these behaviors and you're thinking that it's okay. Now, uh, I forget how the whole story ended, but we see these two people and, uh, oh my gosh, we have a whole name for it. We have a whole name for it. Oh my gosh. Because when they're both have been abused, they come together and it's, it's called something. I can't even think of the name of it, but they automatically just continue to find each other, no matter where they are. It can be a whole different man. Mm -hmm. He's been abused in his life and she's been abused, uh, you know, all of her life and they find each other. Come on, uh, Brian, give me the name of it. Uh, they always, they, they find each other. And not only is it toxic, because sometimes you can be in a relationship that's toxic, that don't have, uh, you, you don't have to fight, you don't have to cuss each other, you don't have, the relationship itself could just be toxic, could just be nasty. Yeah. Uh, trauma bonding. Thank you, Brian. It is called trauma bonding. When two people have, they are raised in two separate worlds, but they always find each other. They bond together because of their trauma. Those relationships are extremely, they, they become toxic and they are detrimental. I won't call it toxic. I'll call it like an atomic bomb. Well, that's yeah, that's that's the trauma um, is. You know, growing up where I grew up in, the era I grew up in, I saw relationships that was exactly like that. Um, I had an uncle that was in a, a toxic relationship. They was toxic to each other, mm -hmm. and the outcome and the ending of that relationship, one both of them dead now. Mm. One killed the other. The other one ended up dead. Because she ended up in intoxication herself. And that was detrimental to her life. Definitely. And, you know, the thing is, I tell people all the time, you, you have to ask yourself a question. You know, what do I want in my life? Uh, when I saw my uncle, he was a, a, a kind person, a loving person. But he also was a, um, a person that didn't pick fights, but he didn't finish a fight. Mm -hmm. um, and he tried to save somebody and return trying to save somebody nobody saved him and people have to understand you cannot save nobody but yourself sometimes yeah and there's nothing wrong with uh with focusing on you sometimes we get into these relationships and here's the question here what happens when you become comfortable being trapped because of the fear of being alone and lack of self-worth. Usually those are the people that they, it's not trying to convince them because this is their life. Yes, we learn in therapy that self-efficacy comes first. I can't tell anybody what to do. It has to be their own uh, determination. They, they have to want it. If they don't want it, I can't want it more than them. I'm not coming home um, frustrated and, and, and frowning because the person that I just worked with doesn't want to, to change or they don't want uh, uh, the skills or the coping mechanisms that I'm giving them. Uh, so oftentimes what they do is, is they block it out. They dissociate from it. They can do that. If they've seen their mother do it, because 
nine times out of ten, we're I'm always going back into the childhood. Yeah. I go back into the childhood because I want to know why. I can do cognitive behavioral therapy all the time. We can teach you how to do things, how to change certain behaviors and things like that. But if you are telling yourself something, if you're constantly telling yourself one thing over and over and over and over and over again, I can't change that. You have to want to change it yourself. Right. Right. Um, you know, when I'm at work and I speak to people, I like sometimes people, people that have been divorced already. Hmm. Um, the reason why, because I want to know what happened in that, in that relationship that caused it to end up ending the marriage or divorcing or how it goes to the point where they're no longer together. A lot of them, when you begin to talk to them, the first question sometimes I ask them, um, so how was their childhood? That's out of curiosity. It is a repeating cycle mm-hmm. of what they did when they was a child. What, well, I'm sorry, not uh, what they did. What they witnessed as a child, mm-hmm. how their parents handled the relationship, uh, or how the other parents handled the relationship, yeah. And the the one that decided to break it off, so you know, so I got tired of dealing with, you know, uh, incomplete man or incomplete woman, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, or you know, they tried to control me or isolate me to a point that I didn't like it. <laughs> We're going to go into friends and family. This will be the last one because there were three. So we talked about uh, being in a professional setting. Mm -hmm. We talked about being in a romantic setting. Mm -hmm. Now the next thing uh, we're going to talk about is how gaslighting um, is affected by friends and family. This one here um, almost took me out. It was never a problem with you you and being in a relationship with you. I knew what to do when it came to work. Um, I have, you know, a bunch of uh, associates and friends uh, that are business owners, black business owners. They already told me what I was going to go through, um, some of the things that I would go through. And I, I didn't understand because I hadn't had to be in the corporate world. And they shared with me some of the things I would go through. And once... I started to experience those things. I knew immediately. I would always tell them people at the job, listen, I got a husband that will come here and shut all this down. I'll take all this stuff off this wall. I don't need to be here. I want to be here. And he would prove it. <laughs> he would come yeah. in. She'll give me a call and I just come there. <laughs> They'll look at me, stand to the side and say, nah, I don't want none of that problem. Mm-hmm. I'll strip the wall dry, put it in the car and pull off. Yeah. Yeah. I pull up here, pull up in that van, pack right. my stuff up. <laughs> And, and I the, would be gone. And see, the thing is, is every job she she have retained after her graduation, it wasn't because she wanted a career there. It's because she needed to learn from them. Mm-hmm. And as I, I told my wife, once you learn what you need to learn, move on. Move on. And we moved on. Oh, we did. We moved on. With no problem. No problem. So, um, let me see if we have some questions here. Uh, Adrian Cadillac Bell says, agree. You uh, you have to want uh, to change. Uh, you have to want to change it yourself. I guess that's what you're saying. Uh, beg to differ. Break the cycle. It's a choice. Uh, as I stated earlier, Israel, don't come in here. I'm, we live. Uh, as I stated earlier, sometimes uh, people feel that they don't have a choice. Correct. So I want you guys to get it out of your mind and get it out of your vocabulary to tell people you have a choice because sometimes 
they really do feel like they don't have a choice. Sometimes people don't have all the options that you may have. Some people are afraid. You never know what that abuser is saying and doing. Or it's, have done. Or have done. And children are involved. I could share some stories with you, but we only have so much time. And um, I need you to think of the scariest thing that you could ever think of. Think about that and think about a man doing it to a woman or a woman doing it to a man. The scariest thing you could think of. I hate snakes. You know, so you he could control me with a snake in his hand and I would be like, OK, I'm going to submit. You know, so that's my biggest, biggest fear. Right. So just just think about that. Like the, the ugliest thing you could think of. People have done it. We have traffickers, all sorts of things. Some people just conform because they feel that they should have to. They don't feel that they are worth it. So be very careful when you tell people that it's a choice because sometimes and it's not. One thing I have always have said also is a trapped mind. Your mind is trapped. Your mind has been slave. A slave does not see nothing more than just being a slave. You can talk about freedom all day long. They don't see freedom. It takes some part, somebody that is free-minded to begin to discuss and open that door of freedom to them. You just can't go up to them and say, oh, change your mind. No, you cannot change your mind. You cannot change their mind. All you can do is give them, give them a description and allow them to see <laughs> it for themselves. If a person don't see it for themselves, you can't expect a change to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they have to see the change for themselves. They have to see that they do have choices. And so I'm going to just leave this with you. And then we're going to move on to friends and family as, um, since you guys are out there and you have some knowledge of some things, the one thing that I would leave with you guys is be, uh, um, be a voice of reason, not a voice of ridicule and, um, uh, pointing fingers or making the person feel shame because they've decided to stay because, what they're doing may not be what you would do, but it's the choices that they're making. If you're there and you want to be a friend and you want to help, just leave your doors open. You could be the escape goal. You could right. be the person that they can like keep in secret where the husband doesn't even know where you live. They don't know your number. They don't even know who you are. You could be that person for somebody who needs to get out of a domestic violence situation because sometimes they don't want to go to the shelters. They have shelters, they can relocate, but sometimes these women feel that they can't do it. And there's so many other circumstances that are surrounding that, but I want you guys to be careful when you start to say to people, they have a choice. That's not always necessarily true. So just be careful. Well, I will say this, you have a choice to be that person to see it, to allow them to see it different. Right, and everybody ain't so saved, so stop trying to be so super saved. But remember, we're talking about transparency. Don't be so super saved and using Bible quotes. People, when they're in a crisis, nobody wants to hear that. Correct. Nobody wants to hear it. When you're in a crisis and you're hurting and things are really hurting you, you don't want to all the time hear no Bible scriptures. If you do, that, that's you. know, you. I would say this. If you see somebody in that position, pray to God to help you give you the right words to say. Instead of trying to throw a verse at them. Very good. Very good. When I, um, when I go in for my sessions, I, I pray for my, I pray in, in the room. I have worship music on and I'm always asking God to give me the words to say, give me something that I can say to them because everybody 
they don't want it. They've already, they know the Bible, half of them, they know it, but it is, it, it's like, you know, when you've been in church and you've been in church for so long and, um, you've seen your mother go to church and your grandmother, and they've been praying, praying, praying. Somebody put that on my, uh, as a Facebook post and they've been praying and praying and praying and they've seen grandma and granddad and all these people go to church, but their home life wasn't changed. Do you know how many pastors are preaching up in a pulpit right now that have raped congregations? Yeah. But women in the congregation? So let's not even get started with that. So Nevertheless, wait, hold on. Let's just not go because I'm trying to get to the Let's just put it this way. <laughs> let's not see the change in people. Let's see the change in ourselves. Very good. How can we how can we implement change? How can and let the it? people see the change in you? Ah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Let your light shine. If you want to do a Bible scripture, yeah. let your light because shine. Because the truth of the is, the Bible do say that we get delivered through the testimony. People get delivered through your testimony. Mm -hmm. So allow your testimony to be the one that delivered a person. Mm -hmm. Because nine, nine times in ten, people don't want to hear nothing about God at all because they feel like the church is full of crap. Yeah. So now, now let's keep this to this point as since they think that way, a lot of them see a difference in you when it comes out of Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. These responses are absolutely amazing. Uh, you have to respect their choice and just be there to support. Yes, Yasmin, you got it. Just be their support. That's it. That's it. Uh, then we have uh, Carrie Johnson, and this is absolutely 100% correct. Most churches aren't equipped to offer therapy. They give a scripture and a prayer. This is correct, especially for the old church. But now, Mr. Carrie, I'm going to say that that should not be an excuse, but it is an excuse. It is something that is uh, that we see all too often. Uh, the church wants to give you all these Bible quotes, but people yeah. have mental health issues. I'm going to say this, and I told my wife one time before. Um, the church spends too much time preaching about filling the offer basket up, but do not offer the, <clears throat> this type of services that help the community to grow. If you want to see a change in our community, you want to see a change in our in our relationship, change in, in, in our family, change in, in, in between husband and wife, we have to offer that type of service. service. Mm -hmm. A person going to church every day and hearing the same thing, <laughs> but not changing. Nothing's changing. Not, nothing changing. I think that's a problem. Yeah. Because when they grow up and have their own family, they're going to repeat the same cycle oh, that really? kept them in bondage. Yeah. But we want people to be free. So let's begin to teach people how to be free from bondage. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. I agree, but it, it takes um, platforms like this and other platforms. Uh, Carrie and his wife, Naya Johnson, <coughs> excuse me, uh, she has a, um, a platform. Uh, there are different people that I see, uh, even uh, Brian and Genevieve Harris, you know, uh, their parents, you know, that I see that have really good platforms and that will speak and help people. But nine times out of 10, uh, what usually happens is, is people want to hear the fluff. They don't want to hear the truth. And when truth actually hits, it hurts and it cuts deeper than, than anything. Because now at this moment, they have to look at themselves. Yeah. And that really, it really hurts. When I had to uh, make a shift with my own communication to my husband and my children, uh, it hurt because 
I realized a lot of the damage that I did when I wasn't forgiving and being so hard on myself. I realized the damage that I was doing to myself and that cut me deep. Yeah. But I adjusted. I wanted the change. I went and sought therapy because I wanted it and I needed it. And then we went and had therapy uh, uh, ourselves as a married couple. We needed it. We wanted it. And when we got it, we adjusted and we made the changes, the necessary changes that we needed to make. We're not perfect. Every day we work on this. We just argued about something this morning, but we know how to argue fairly now to say, I didn't like this. I might yell a little bit, but it's not to the point where the children are like, oh my God, my mom and dad are getting ready to fight. They're getting ready to leave. No, it's healthy ways to argue as well. And sometimes in our argument, we end up laughing. We do. We always end up you laughing. Know, yeah. One thing I always say, you know, come think about it. When a person have not really saw itself, it's like they're walking and looking at a mirror that has so much dust on top of it. Mm -hmm. From, you know, our house sit for years and the dust, and the dust don't build up. So when you see the mirror, you see a silhouette of yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you haven't seen the truth of yourself. You've seen a silhouette of yourself. Yeah. And when they begin to dust the dust off, they realize they're looking at who they, who they were looking at themselves. Yeah. Who they thought they were looking at was a false image of them. Yeah. Now they got to see the true image of themselves. So I tell people all the time, I'm beginning to tell people now, dust the dust the dust off your mirrors. Yeah, like you are you gonna say the, the Michael Jackson thing? I'm yeah. talking to the man in the talking mirror. To the man in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> uh Brian says that our household mantra is Jesus in therapy. Okay, now <laughs> okay. It doesn't look like I'm gonna get to family and friends. Let's see what the next comment is. Is truth becomes controversial when it invokes an indisputable point. Oh, wow. No. When when therapy really, really works, it works when you are able to say, because now I'm able to say to my husband, this is what's really bothering me. I feel rejected. I feel re I felt rejected by X, Y and Z. I felt hurt when you said you have to. That's where vulnerability comes in. You have to trust that the person is going to hear what you're saying so that you can actually uh, release some of that. He is my best friend. When I'm hurting and I'm not feeling my best, like before this show came on, I told him, I said, you know, I'm not feeling my best right now. And I said, I really don't want to do the show. He took my hand and he prayed. And I think that so far that his prayers, what he said in the prayer is actually a, is manifesting. Because the Bible says when a man finds a wife, he has found a good thing and he has obtained favor from the Lord. And when he prays, so when he prayed, it, it brought something you know else out in me. Like I always tell him, can you pray for me? Mm -hmm. Can you pray for me? Because I, I need you to pray for me right now. He's, he's the head of me. He's yeah. supposed to be. His shoulders and his hands are bigger than mine. I'm a big woman, but he is bigger than me. Yeah. You know, so I want to be able to come home and rest in him, I, when I feel sad, I don't want to go to no other man or nobody else. I come to him. And that takes a lot of vulnerability because if anybody knows me from when I was younger to where I am now, I was extremely hard and cold and I did not care. And it took a while for her to get this way now. <laughs> and what I would say, go ahead. I, I had to make myself available to hear, available to feel, even available to feel vulnerable to her to talk to me. But if I never allow myself to be a vulnerable for her to talk to me, guess what happened? She began to get abrupted, get more unruly. 
and we grow to infest us something totally different. That's why when person relationship, one have to be to the point where, let me hear, let me shut up. <laughs> he was he was always the one that was shutting up. He was like, let me just let me just be quiet, let me listen. But um, I had to learn how to fight fair because I would fight. Um, oh, whoa, she felt below the belt. I would go all listen, the way below the belt. I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> she would go so far under the belt till you bent over like I don't want this no more. <laughs> you know, and then <laughs> but my my issue and my problem was is that I didn't understand, and I would tell him all the time I didn't understand uh, being with a man and having to. Um, listen to somebody give me direction, especially when I thought I was in control of myself and I was out of control. I was out of control. A lot of arguments will end up like this here. I'll always, I'm saying this. You better be quiet. <laughs> if you control every, everybody around you. Who's controlling who's you? Who's controlling you? So uh -huh. who is out of control? Yeah. And again, I had to take myself, put myself in a position while allow her to begin to hear herself and begin to listen and only respond when I know I had a, a point to make. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we can respond at the wrong time and make, the, make everything worse. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Because um, like uh, sometimes people want to, um, they're, they're looking for a specific, they're looking for a way out. They're listening for a way out. Like you're, I would listen to respond and never listen to hear his heart and how he really felt about me. I listen now to hear his heart, to try to understand. Because sometimes, sometimes I find myself saying, okay, fine. You're so lame. Let me read this question. <laughs> the danger with church and a narcissistic person is, as you said earlier, they see the, they see the good and refuse to accept the negative behavior assist uh, behavior assist and put the blame on the woman saying things like pray for your husband etc that actually ignites the behavior well 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 um carrie i, I know you're thinking of some things um uh, as my husband is as well but let me put this back up here this question this uh, this statement um this is what i'll say to that I remember, um, I want to be careful with my words. Being in a church, the church is not your husband. The church wow. is not his Thank wife. You. Thank you. God put the church there. And this is in your Bibles. Y'all yes. got to read your word. You got to read your word mm -hmm. and you got to read with understanding. The church is put there so that you can have somebody to to kind of help. A support system. It's a it's a support it's a support system. You should already be in your house reading and getting understanding from God because the Bible says when the man prays, you should get that understanding already. So when you go to church, it's just a confirmation. It's just, you know, having accountability, right. you know, having somewhere to go to worship. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you know some people like my grandfather always said, if you go to church, you're going to have to pay some dues. Mm -hmm. I see the church as a place to uh, of refuge for people who don't have, because if I'm coming to the church, you know, um, we should be helping the people who are sick or who really need help. Yeah. Like churches need social workers yes. to be able to help to build and to do so many different things. I'm telling you. 
there's so many things that uh, social workers can do and mental health professionals can do to help the church, but that's neither here nor there. When you're going to church and the pastor or the pastor's wife or whomever is agreeing with the behavior of who whoever is the narcissistic person or the gaslighter, if you have somebody that is agreeing with that, I would question, are they doing it because, A, because I'm giving a whole crap load of money to the church? Sometimes the church doesn't want to lose your dues. This is what I've seen. Don't quote me on this because this is from my experience, from what I've seen. I am a whole preacher's kid. I get we to both. see. We both. We both are. We get to see behind the doors of some things that have happened. We currently do not belong to a church, but we do have pastors and things like that that speak into our lives and that gives us correction when we're out of order. Correct. We do have elders that are over us. We don't belong to a church home, but we do watch right now COVID and all this other stuff. We do watch things, you know, on certain uh, churches on television to get the, the fulfillment that we need. Well, but if, let me, let me just make my last point clear. And then mm -hmm. I know you have your thing mm -hmm. that you're going to say, mm -hmm. and we're going over. It's 905. It's okay. If you are in a place where they are agreeing with your spouse and they are hurting you and you are expressing your hurt and your pain, I, I would check myself. And I would ask myself, is this what I want? Because if, if your husband or the, the person that is the head over you, when I experienced a lot of disdain from a church that we were in, I tell you no lie to this day, people will tell you, my husband stood up in the church and denounced them. Not only denounced them, he denounced some other people that will re remain nameless, but he told them, this is my wife. And if you cannot see or hear what she is saying, and I'm seeing it myself. We are no longer a part of this um, this organization. He got me, got my hand, picked up our baby, and said, let's go now. I was walking behind him so fast, I didn't know my legs could move that fast. My husband protects me. If no pastor can come in here and tell him how to handle me, the devil is a liar. He's a bald-faced liar. There is no way. There was no way. Maybe that person can give encouragement if he's having some type of issue with me and he needs some help. But the first thing he's going to do is go to God. So you got your thing that well, you want to say. Go ahead. Number one, I'm going to say this. And I'm going to be very clear and frank what I say. If anybody disagree with me, read the Bible for yourself. It's okay. It's fine. But when I read the Bible it for itself, the first ministry that God made was family. Church was there for support. If the church is agreeing with something this foul, which I'm careful my words, I think it's time to be reboot. Because I believe church is supposed to help support goodwill in a marriage, good, healthy marriage. Um, support system. I'll be honest with you. A lot of the pastors that I deal with and talk with, they support me a lot. If I need the, the prayer, they pray for me. If I need somebody, so encourage me, encourage me. They tell me the truth 
because I refuse to have somebody in my <coughs> life that will lie to me. Because I think somebody that lied to me encouraged me to be in wrong. It's not healthy for my marriage. But, you know, but he has a good mind to, to know the difference. Like the, the pastors that are in, uh, the men that are in your life and the men pastors that are in your life are people that have been married for years. They're a lot older than you. And they really do have wisdom. Yeah. Like they really do have wisdom. I think God, you know, put certain people around you because we're not in church. We probably will go back at, at one point in time. Uh, we're still working on some different things and we're still looking. Uh, we're not going to just go to any church. Like I said, we've been there, done that already. Uh, but we were very, we're very careful because we don't speak against any churches no. or anything like that. Our experiences are not everybody else's. Some people can handle that. For me, I, I personally can't. I can't just sit knowing that these things are going on and my husband sit under something like that, we probably would have been divorced. Correct. Because if you can see the manipulation and you can see the gaslighting that's happening, for me, I can't speak for anybody else. I'm talking about me, so you can say amen. I would have to leave because my mind is too strong to stay in a position to watch my man be weak and allow other men to control and say, this is how you're supposed to handle your wife, manipulate her, because do this, and they support that. That is bullcrap. Like I, no way. like I tell some people, I say, you know, when it comes out of my wife, nobody got to tell me how to treat my wife. Uh, yeah, I know my wife very well. And I love her very much. And I learned who she is and I love who she is. For every man that have a wife, he should learn his wife. Mm -hmm. He should learn how to love her, how to respect her. Even the Bible says, husband, husband, love your wife as I love the church. And it says wives respect your husband. Now, with saying all that, if you think about it, he telling you love your wife. He telling you to love who you are. Because the wife is representative of yourself as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's everything that you think you are not. So if you respect her, you realize that you're loving yourself every turn. And for a person to hurt their wife, disrespect their wife, or even hate their wife, mm -hmm. tell me that they don't love themselves, they hate themselves, and they mm -hmm. want to abuse themselves. Yeah. So we got to ask ourselves. Like I, I, I always am a strong believer. I watch how a person treat themselves in life. Let me know how they're gonna treat me in life. Yeah. Even as friends, certain friends treat you the way they treat themselves. Yeah. So we gotta be very careful who we allow in our life. Mm -hmm. Because they they can either help you or destroy you. Right. Right. We got to be very, very, very careful. Just period. It is 9-10 and we are over the time. My son is beating on his game in there. I hear him and uh, he is yelling retaliation on this game that he's playing. And it is uh, it's out of control right now. We are over the time. So are there any other questions, comments or concerns? I'm going to give you guys a minute. Oh. Is everybody hearts, mind, everybody's clear? I had to mute it so I could tell my son to shut up. I had to be loud. <laughs> but um, if that's it, so for the friends and family, it was you're uh, made to feel guilty. You are treated as though you are overreacting. You are made to feel um, that your request is erroneous or unfair. 
you are blamed and shamed and you suffer retaliation. Um, I think that we should just finish friends and family next uh, next week. And uh, and then we'll just ask some more questions. Uh, thank you, Miss Jennifer, uh, for saying that. Um, but if there are any more questions, any more questions, any more comments? If not, we're going to go ahead and sign off. Babe, do you have anything else that you want to say? Guys, let's remember this in life. Let's love ourselves, love who we with, and be happy. Absolutely. Love who you're with. Don't love somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Husband or wife, you love who you with. And if you don't love that person, go get some counseling. Y'all go see, go get some help. Talk to somebody. You can't do everything yourself. You're not perfect. No, but, not. you know, you could be perfectly perfect for each other if you learn how to communicate effectively. There's an effective yeah. way to communicate. So, anywho, um, my thing is to uh, tell you guys to like, comment, and share. Make sure you share this with uh, whomever you want to share it with. And um, and we'll pretty much, we'll see you next week. Yes, we'll definitely. So, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys for coming to the show. We love you all. God bless you. And uh, see you next week. Let's talk marriage. <laughs>